Hello, it is Thursday, February 18th. This is the Pat McAfee Show. Obviously, Pat is not here. He is on a beach somewhere right now, but AJ Hawk guest hosts the show today, but Pat joins us right away to talk about the biggest news. Carson Wentz is coming to the Colts, plus a couple of great guests. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun show today. Let's get to it. There's been some absolutely blockbuster news that has just come in just hit the wire man sir i'm not sure if we have pat yet but i know he will be joining us from wherever location he is but i think most people should know this by now carson wentz he's being traded right here to the indianapolis colts the city so pat's been he's been dreaming this he's been fantasizing about this for so long so I think we got Pat Dotto. Pat, what do you think, man? Your guy is coming. Unfortunately, you're out of town. You missed it, but he is here. He is coming to Indy to save the day. How do you feel? Well, Carson Wentz and A.J. Hawker in Indianapolis at the same damn time. That's a crazy time to be alive. I appreciate what you're doing for the show today. You look fantastic behind the desk. Don't ruin anything I got on there. It is in pristine order <laughs> there, my friend. Now, okay. Carson Wentz, okay? When you dive deep into the annals of things that have come out of my mouth, Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts was never something that I talked positively about. <laughs> Ever, okay? It was, it was on the wall, basically, no matter where you looked in Indy, that Carson Wentz was probably going to end up in Indianapolis Colts. Last year, while the year was unfolding after Jalen Hurts gets drafted in the second round, Carson Wentz's, you know, feelings get hurt. He gets on a football field, completely forgets how to play football, made people think, like, is this guy going to retire? Then you start hearing rumors come out that, no, no, Carson Wentz isn't going to retire. Phil Rivers might, though, after this year. So then you start putting the pieces together. You're like, oh, no. Phil Rivers sails off into the sunset. The easy choice here with a relationship that they say is beyond repair with the Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles, it seems like his ass is probably bringing his 12-gauge shotgun right out to Indianapolis to shoot some ducks. This, this was something that was – it was – and sorry, it's very breezy now. It's a cold chill down here. Guys. It's a cold chill down here, okay? But this is something that everybody had been talking about for a long time. And for me, with the way Chris Ballard has – manipulated the salary cap in such brilliant fashion for all these years where he had patience, where he said, I want to build my culture first. He said, Pat, just, we want to build a culture. He had a hundred and some million a couple years ago, chose not to spend any of it. You bring in Quentin Nelson, you bring in Darius Leonard, you have a young core that's going to build a culture in there. He said, that's what he wanted to do first. And the team just so happened to get incredible at football. The offensive line mauls people. The defense flies around. The only missing piece for the 2021 Colts team looked to be a quarterback. And if with the way the money was set up for the Colts, if we could spend some money and get, I don't know, Matthew Stafford, I was like, that sounds nice. Hey, Kenny, that, that sounds nice, Matthew Stafford. That guy's been dead in Detroit for 12 years. He's an absolute <laughs> baller. He has never been mentally broke. He's never had a bad season. It didn't matter who got drafted, how the franchise was run. Let's get him down here. Well, he goes to Los Angeles for 65 first-round picks and they move on. All right, so what else is available? Well, Russell Wilson's team doesn't like the way the Seattle Seahawks have been dealing with Russell Wilson. Maybe we get Russell Wilson in, in Indianapolis. Hey, go Hawks can go. Go Colts. This guy hates Seattle. Come to Indy. You'll love it here, pal. A lot of God, 
a lot of good time. Let's get Russell Wilson. Then you're Deshaun Watson's potentially on it. Let's get his ass in the division. Going to be impossible. Let's get... So Carson Wentz was never my first. I want that guy. Okay. Because there was a lot of other quarterbacks on the market that I thought, hey, you drop them on this Colts team, we're going to win the goddamn Super Bowl. But now that we're here, Russell Wilson isn't on the move. Aaron Rodgers isn't on the move. Deshaun Watson, who knows what's going to happen with that. They're saying he's not on the move. Getting Carson Wentz for a third-round draft pick, this is brilliant by Chris Ballard. Everything I said sounds terrible, especially if he comes out and learns how to play football again. But I like that it's only for a third-round pick, conditional first with a second next year if he plays over 75 percent of the snaps that goes from a second to a first next year if he only plays 70 percent and they make the playoffs that goes from a second to a first but a third round and a second with his contract that is massive but chris ballard has handled the cap so well i i this is a win obviously but it wasn't my first choice and i don't think it was anybody's yeah so do you think though this was the best offer that carson wentz had obviously or, or philly had for his services yeah, it feels like everything that they were saying was a bunch of bullshit, doesn't it, AJ? It, yes. it, it seems like they're like, well, there's a lot of teams interested. We're going to betray them in the next couple of days. They said that last week. Then they said that the ended last week. Then they said at the beginning of this week. And here we are. I'm on a goddamn beach. They finally do make the deal happen. But it sounds like the Bears, they would have had to have offered something better than a third rounder and then a second rounder next year. That's, that's next to nothing. Everybody realized that they had the Philadelphia Eagles by the cojones. Okay, you have a massive contract, a terrible situation, a quarterback that could be broken. Eh, could be broken. We're not 100% sure. I hope everybody's all right back there. I just heard something pop. Uh, could be broken. And they wanted to move on. As soon as they hired Jalen Hurts and friend to be the quarterback coach, everybody knows they want to move on. So all that BS about having good offers and everybody's interested, that was all bullshit. But now we know. Chris Ballard was making a play. The Colts-Philadelphia Eagles conversation probably have been happening for a while here. Chris Ballard never blinks, and I'm only giving you this in this because I'm getting that big contract and a player that we're not 100% certain whether or not he's the player he was a couple years ago. It does feel like that was a bunch of bullshit, though, AJ. It feels like Chris Ballard never blinked, though, you know, just stared right down the barrel of the gun, didn't call bluff one time. Yeah, but what if you were on the Indianapolis Colts right now currently? Would you like how would you feel about the fact that hey, this is what Yeah, we didn't have to give up a whole lot, but Carson Wentz is our guy. We're we're resting everything on him. We kind of have the pieces around him already. DeForest Buckner told us what last week or two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He said like he said he loves him. He said, "Hey, if he wants to come in here and work and be everything like that's what we want." He was an MVP player just a couple years ago. So DeForest Buckner, I think the boys know what's going on. You know, they obviously know the conversations and the storylines that are happening outside the locker room. And I think that locker room, especially with, I think the Forrest Buckner got baptized with Frank Wright. Did he not? Yeah, he he did. Yes, he did. He got got baptized with Frank Wright in the same pool. They were running around the same pool together getting baptized. And he said he had that moment and experience with Frank Wright. And I assume that's similar to what Carson and Frank Wright had. And he said he would love him. Frank would be able to fix him. I'll be excited to see if that's the case, if Frank Reich has that ability or that power. And if he does, more power to him because the Colts do become an instant contender in the AFC. Now, obviously, the Chiefs are going to be great. Steelers might not even have a quarterback by the time this conversation ends. But the, the, just the, the AFC is going to be difficult no matter what for the next 10 years. I think everybody understands that. Carson Wentz, if he can learn how to play football again, it's good. But there was other guys that we know know how to play football still that were available when I was making the remarks that I was making. So I would like people to not attack me for them as much. Yeah, okay. But, okay, so how long does Carson Wentz have to figure it out, like to figure out how to play football again, as you like to say? 
Did you watch him play football this past season, AJ? <laughs> yes, I, I have watched. I'm just wondering though, what, how long is his leash? Why, 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 do, why do you say, as I like to say, that he forgot how to play fucking football? Because this is the Pat McAfee show. You've been talking about him. For, I, I'm sitting at your desk, so I'm trying to bring you into the conversation. Yeah, but like, but you were acting like you didn't say that. Though. Like everybody said that. <laughs> I've always said you know? great things about him. I think he's going to be amazing. <laughs> Come on. AJ, the guy couldn't complete a two-yard pass, okay? Listen, I only have one completion in the NFL, rolling out against the Steelers, safety over the top, absolutely dropped it into a keyhole, okay? that's not. But, like, whenever you're talking about the throws he was missing and the decisions he was making, good bat, by the way, last year you would think to yourself, if you had any, you know, a little bit of football knowledge, you'd be like, this guy forgot that. Forgot how to play football all of a sudden. Good glasses, by the way. You're doing great. But whenever you talk about Phil Rivers when he came over to the Indianapolis Colts, which we learned from Jim Irsay saying, Jim Irsay said, like, uh, you know, Tom was interested or whatever, but Frank said he wanted Phil. It's like Jim Irsay before this season, before this Carson Wentz decision was made, Jim Irsay is on record saying, like, yeah, Frank Reich said we should have Phil Rivers. All right? So I think that was setting the table almost for, like, it's just so we all understand here, like this is how this went. Now, Phil Rivers took a look. They lost to the Jaguars, okay? And Joe Dirt picked off Phil Rivers in the first game to fucking seal that thing. So I, I think it might take a little bit. I don't know how OTAs are going to be this year. It might be a little bit different than the COVID protocol OTAs last year. But I think it might take a little bit of time or whatever. But maybe you'll be able to figure it out. And if not, I assume the 70% playing time is Chris Ballard with uh, the potential second rounder going to a first rounder next year, that's Chris Ballard saying, I'm not even 100% sure we're going to play this guy. So I, I, I'm I'm intrigued to see how it all plays out. I hope he figures it out. Though, hey, because so, that Colts team could be great. Oh, absolutely. A lot of it depends on Carson Wentz. But I got here uh, a little bit before this news broke. I got here to the studio. Absolute rejoicing from all the boys here, by the way. When we saw the news on the TV, when we saw a break that Carson Wentz is coming to the Colts, but one of your guys, we know Boston Connor had an exceptionally excited argument, or I guess you'd say celebration, and he said he, he cannot wait. He's already setting his tree stand up. So, Connor, how do you feel yeah, about this? Yeah, I mean, I am through the roof about it. Obviously, if anyone can fix Carson, it's Frank Wright. But, Pat, have you started to look for 12 gauges to buy for Carson when he comes out here to hunt? Hey, listen, uh, I see you've got the camo on. You were wearing that for two weeks, too. Oh, yeah. This, so I'm happy it came for you. It came together for you, pal. Yeah. Oh, Cam O'Connor, one of my favorites for sure, especially with that mustache. It's really coming together beautifully. Um, 12 gauges, I think that is a good gift. You know, like uh, when somebody comes to the community, you bring them what, like a loaf of bread or something. Oh, yeah. I've never yep. done that thing oh, with my neighbors, but it's in the movies or whatever. You think of like a cake or something. Yeah. I think Carson Wentz moved to town. Everybody in Indy understands that you show up with AKs. ARs, shotguns, <laughs> yes. and maybe maybe even a deer stand or two. And let's go ahead and try to win the Super Bowl here, pal. And let's remember how to play football again like you did a couple years ago when uh, you were playing great football and then that season ended with another guy getting a Super Bowl MVP and a statue outside of it. Let's go ahead and finish the deal this time here for the shoe, pal, for the shoe. Hey, but what about Philly? Are they telling us that, hey, Jalen Hurts is our guy moving forward? I don't know because a lot of people are saying they're going to take quarterback. So, like, do they – because they hired that quarterback coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, and everybody's like, oh, he's not in Jalen since Jalen was a teenager or whatever. I was like, okay. And, you know, none of this, AJ, none of this, AJ. And, by the way, there are miserable olds all around me right now. Because <laughs> of what's going on here. 
you know, moments before we go live on air here, Carson Wentz gets traded, okay? My umbrella here that keeps me from turning into a lobster. The wind is so cold and strong. Blew this umbrella up out of earth, <laughs> hit me in the head, sprinted down the beach. Somebody had to grab it, almost killed somebody. So that was Carson Wentz gets traded to the Colts. I almost get decapitated and somebody almost dies by uh, getting speared from a runaway umbrella off of my head. Broke my uh, broke my hat. Oh. oh. I might have CTE, to be honest with you. I mean, I haven't got it checked out, but it was a full pow there. You know what I mean? A full pow there. Back to the point you were saying about Jalen Hurts, though. None of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. The Doug Peterson story is that he wanted to move on from Carson Wentz, wanted Jalen Hurts, and then when Jalen Hurts was in, he said, get on the bench, we got Sudfeld coming in here, right? So it was, was Doug Peterson saying anybody but Carson Wentz? And then whenever the stories came out that Doug Peterson and the Philadelphia Eagles mutually agreed to depart or whatever, the story was Doug Peterson uh, wanted, Jay, or wanted Carson, and they didn't want Carson. And then why'd you draft Jalen then if – it just there's just the the mixed signals have just been all over the place with who wants what and where and then whenever you hire the quarterback coach that knows Jalen it's almost like I don't think anybody has a clue what they want to do over there and that sounds I've never been inside that building okay I don't know how it all works out we talked to Shady yesterday a little bit uh, about the Philadelphia situation he didn't say them he said but in his experiences whenever everybody seems to be on the same page is when an organization does well. Feels like the Philadelphia Eagles have potentially been on, maybe in two different fucking books for the last year <laughs> or so, on what's going on, as opposed to even the same pages. I don't, I don't think anybody knows what's going on over there, including them. Yeah, it does. But, okay, so I'm going to move on to Ben Roethlisberger. That's a big story, I think. It feels like, to me, the Steelers are almost, if Ben decides to come out and say, hey, I'm going to retire, I'm done playing football, they would. I think they'd be okay with it. That's what it feels like to me right now. Yeah, you and I had this chat a little bit before we went live. And w- with what Colbert said, the GM has been there for like 20 years. Nick, how many years had Colbert been there? 20 years or so? Yeah, a long time. About yeah, 20. maybe 20. Wow. Yeah, he's been there a long time. He's basically like the Steeler way, right? The Steeler way is higher from within. It's like a high school. You know, we talked to Brett Kiesel out there in the middle of his uh, fucking cabin out in the middle of the woods where Carson Wentz probably going to swing by there on his way over to Indy or whatever <laughs> on the north side of Pittsburgh. He talked about how it's like a family, like a college family atmosphere. Everybody goes there. Colbert's a big reason that is the case. So when his name was up for potentially the Detroit Lions job, I think I was very surprised. I was like, hey, Colbert's leaving the Pittsburgh Steelers. That makes no sense at all. He is the Steelers, basically. You would assume he would retire with the Steelers. So he is a guy that I think Pittsburgh Steelers fans trust. Okay. They trust the organization is going to make the right decision. Now, I, I, now, you're always going to hear like Mark Madden's of the world say what they should do and will do two different things. But the Steelers have been good for so damn long. It's almost like you just have faith that the Steelers, even if they don't make the perceived right decision, it's going to be the right decision in the long run because they're a successful organization. That's just what the Steelers are. When the season ended, Ben Roethlisberger's crying on the bench right next to Pouncey. He said, hey, this is why I want to come back more for you than for me even. And then the conversation was like, well, will Ben and Pounce retire at the same time? Pounce and Pounce retired at the same time, his twin brother. But Ben Roethlisberger did not announce that. Ben Roethlisberger said, I'll come back if they want me. It was like, a, ooh. 
Ooh, a little bit of dramatic, a little drama, you know what I mean? A little, if they want me, you know, like Ben Roethlisberger's been around a long time. He's given up a lot of things, you know, no more baloney bopping for the guy. But the thing about it is Ben Roethlisberger might want to come back in the Steelers with the way things are sounding. They might not want him to come back, especially at the 40 some million dollar dead cap hit it would take to them, especially with the way their salary cap's set up. Now, the salary cap's going up $5 million instead of down, which is great news for everybody, but they are in cap trouble. Uh, they're going to try to renegotiate with him, is what everybody says, but what if they want to move on from him? And if they cut him before uh, some some they, they save $15 million off the $19 million dead cap hit, it's an interesting time to be alive whenever Roethlisberger says, I would come back if they want me. And then the Steelers, initially the old reports were, hey, we're going to bring him back, even though we brought in a new offense coordinator, new offensive system. Now it's like, wait, did the Steelers potentially want to kick old Ben Roethlisberger out of town? And that sounds like that might be the case. Retire now, old man. We don't want to have this moment. To your point, I think that is potentially what they're thinking. So you mentioned that the salary cap in the NFL just recently, a memo came out. It's going to be $180 million at the floor is this year, so it's not going to go lower. We know it's going to at least raise by $5 million from last year to 175 Does that change anything with Ben's contract, though, if he says, hey, I can restructure, I can find a way to give you guys the help you need? Andrew Brandt, uh, yeah, Ian Rappaport reported that there's a new floor of $180 million, which means – teams i believe can that's the lowest it'll be for next year even though i guess it fluctuates a little bit i don't know how they figured it out i'd assume they counted just the hundred billion dollar tv rights they just negotiated (laughs) so i mean unbelievable good for the nfl doing their thing but i i I think that amount only being five million dollars i'm not sure that saves anybody that was in deep shit you know what I mean? Like, I, I think they're still potentially in deep shit. I guess the Saints are potentially in deep shit. There's a couple other teams that I think have to make some plays that we thought could get pretty na- big naming if they had to. Now, I guess it won't be as much as a, um, a cap casualty situation for some of the big names because it went up as opposed to the thought that it might stay the same or go down. But I still think we're going to see some moves made. Oh, we're definitely going to see moves made. I, I think places where you could find some value – are these guys that are veterans that do have a big cap number, they still can play, but teams know, like, hey, we, just, this, we all need to change the scenery. We need to get this number off our books. And a guy like that, it sounds like Von Miller could be one of those guys. They, they made, we're getting reports that they may decline to pick up his $8 million, $18 million option coming up here, I don't know, in a few weeks, maybe, maybe when the, the league year starts, March 17th, I believe. Like, a guy like him, if they don't pick his, his, his new option up or this, this option, where does he – where does he go? Obviously, it's like anyone else, like J.J. Watt. Oh, hey, he's going to go to, guess what? He wants to go to a good team with a good quarterback that has a chance to win. Whoa, that is breaking news to me, bud. I cannot imagine <laughs> yeah. that these superstars that have been dominating the NFL want to go play for someone that can win the Super Bowl. Hey, yeah, yeah, send, me to, uh, send me to a place that has uh, – I'm not doing it to him. You don't deserve it. <laughs> Send me to a place that has Jordan Love started at quarterback. You know, ain't nobody saying that. There, there, there's nobody at this point. Um, Von Miller, J.J. Watt. What about Ben Roethlisberger? Now, I, I will get the Von Miller and J.J. Watt, but interesting point that you just talked about there. What if Ben Roethlisberger was tradable, A.J.? I want this answer from you. If Ben Roethlisberger was tradable right now, would you rather Ben Roethlisberger or Carson Wentz? Man, for just one season, for next year? One year only. Let's go. One year. How you doing? Keep it moving. We got a team already built, okay? We know that you're not going to be able to move your statue. Phil Rivers, same damn way. 
He's got to make a couple more plays. Would you rather Ben Roethlisberger or Carson Wentz for a one-year rental? Right now, I'm still taking Ben. You need to, AJ, but you're going to take some shit for saying what you just said right there. But let's move on to Von Miller. Von Miller, he seems like the guy that's probably going to end up where? Indianapolis Colts, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Justin Houston's a free agent. Why not bring Von Miller on in? That and turf. On that turf, that too, defense. coming off the edge, man. Those guys on that turf, you saw Dwight Freeney, Mathis, those guys can turn the corner. And you got the Forrest Buckner eating two to three guys every single play. So it's not like they can just, they can't just shift to go ahead and do what you got to do. And Von Miller's still a good football player. Right? He's yeah. hurt. There's been a lot of drama, controversy. Who knows with all that stuff. Hopefully that comes back all clean or whatever. But he's still a great football player, right? There's only a couple Von Millers in the world. That's a guy that everybody would like to have play football. For the Look for, obviously, Tampa, depending upon how much money Von Miller's made, Jeez. what he's looking to make. I mean, there's going to be Buffalo, I guess, is in the J.J. Watt sweepstakes. I guess that one's very close. And it's like, why not? That makes a lot of sense up there with old McDermott. That guy loves the football, dude. J.J. loves the football. Go from Houston to Buffalo, automatically being contention in the AFC because that AFC East is potentially dead. And, um, yeah, I, I just – there's a lot of good. It's a good time to be a free agent and be very good at football. AJ. Yeah, I saw someone say that Buffalo could be a good option for JJ strictly because, or, or this an added bonus would be, oh, Buffalo and the Bills Mafia they do such a good job getting behind people. You know, and they donated money to Andy Dalton's charity, and JJ has been such a guy to he's raised so much money that hey, it's a perfect fit with him and Buffalo. <laughs> I was like, you know, he can raise money from anywhere. There's it's the internet. Like he can he doesn't have to live in the city. Yeah, I mean, he raised $37 million or whatever, and I, I, I assume a lot of those millions didn't come strictly from Houston. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe they were, but I think there was billionaires that lived in A.J. Hawk's neighborhood in Ohio that were yep. donating, mm-hmm. and I think the Epsteins got involved too, which is also A.J.'s neighbor. They were <laughs> oh, yeah. donating. So nope. I think J.J. Watt is at a level where he's hosted Saturday Night Live, right? He's on Jimmy Fallon. He does all that. He, I believe, has he been on Ellen? Has he been on Ellen? Probably. Is Ellen still on the show? Is, is Ellen still on Ellen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. She said sorry. Ah, Jay, listen. Oh, she did. Listen, very interesting you said that because I was watching uh, <laughs> I was watching her game show games or whatever the hell it was. It looked really and good. I was, like, I was like, is this a new episode, you know? And uh, my wife was like, yeah, new episode. And I was like, does she have her daily show too? And my wife was like, yep, still doing the episodes. I'm like, oh, so none of that shit matters then, right? Like, <laughs> nope. None of that. You know what I mean? Like the uh, if you're Ellen, you know Ellen's like up there. Oprah, mm-hmm. Ellen, the amount of money she has made on television, being everybody's friend, is so high. When some things come out backstage, it's like she's still she's still Ellen. All right, let's keep it going. But I did just like you. I thought she was. I thought it was over. I thought it was over for Ellen there, and she's not. She's still crushing out there. But JJ's been on Ellen. What I'm saying is. I think he would love the Buffalo Bills Mafia being on his side. I think any player would. But when it comes to a fundraising effort in $99 at a time, I think he has those friends that potentially do like 99000 at a time. And I, I think those people are, are scattered amongst America, if I had to guess. Absolutely. Well, Pat, hey, we're going we're gonna to get to our first guest of the day. I didn't get to intro him earlier because the, the, uh, the, the Carson Wentz news was just taking everyone by storm. But, hey, Joining us now, we have unbelievable wide receiver, seven-year vet, 14 touchdowns this last this last season. Woo. I think a scratch or below, better than scratch, golfer, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Thielen. Yeah! yeah. What's up? Adam, what's up? So, hey, I'm, I'm in Pat's studio today. I don't know if you knew this. Pat is somewhere on a beach 
Golly. doing God knows what. So I'm sitting in for him, but he's joining us because he wants to be with you. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Yeah, even better now being with you guys and uh, seeing Pat on the beaches. That just made my day. Well, Adam, the last time I was at a beach, I was uh, with you. We were not on the beach together, but we were down in the Bahamas, golfing, having the time of our lives. The world has changed immensely since then. But I would like to reiterate a point that A.J. Hawk just made. Ty Schmidt, myself, Nick Moraldo, Evan Foxy, while rather intoxicated, watched Adam <laughs> Thielen hit a three-wood. 375 yards isn't that right foxy is that not how far he hit that he drove it over the green on a par four with a three wood (laughs) with a three wood yeah with a three wood adam thielen is a monster uh if he wasn't playing football and by his way in that regional combine the son of a bitch would be in the pga (laughs) i wish i tell my wife all the time i i picked the wrong profession uh i i love the game of golf and uh, I, I've been in the simulator. I got the simulator in the house. So my son and I are down there every single day. So it's been kind of fun. Uh, it's been a good off season. Yeah. Speaking of that off season, I guess what, um, do you have any kind of feeling of what this next off season may look like? Like if you're going to be in the facility, like do your coaches reach out or what do they say? Hey, we don't know. It's, we take it day by day. Yeah. The coaches are kind of saying they don't really know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I've tried to, uh, uh, you know, figure it out other ways. And, and it sounds like, uh, you know, that it's still up for debate, but I'm kind of hoping, honestly, uh, that I can just train, uh, you know, where I, where I spent, you know, six months last year here at ETS and uh, being able to just be able to take care of myself and, and my body and, and train to try to, you know, become the best football player I could be. You know, last year it was the best I've ever felt in my life. So it was nice to have six straight months of training with uh, you know the right person, and and uh, and that's here at ETS with Ryan. Who's Ryan? What's that? What the hell is ETS, and who's Ryan? <laughs> so Ryan Engelbert, he is my business partner uh, here at ETS. He started ETS, and I've been training with him since I came out. Um, we're actually opening up uh, ETS Green Bay with John Coo. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, which we're excited about. March 1st, that opens up. I'm actually heading to Green Bay uh, next week uh, to Clip kind it. of start things off there. Clip it. So, is this like is this like a TB12? It is, yeah, essentially. Yeah, same type of deal. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's like I said, uh, it's a place where I, I started training when I was coming out for the league and uh, obviously passionate about that. It's, it's helped me get to where I am. And, uh, like I said, be, being able to help me feel the best I've ever felt in my life uh, last year. So, uh, I got a ton of faith in Ryan and what he does, and then uh, we want to take it to the next level and bring it to as many athletes as possible. So uh, just trying to get um, to as many uh, youth as we possibly can and help them reach their full potential. Hey, Adam, I know I know uh, uh, Bruce Arians came out recently and said something about off-season programs and how vets, obviously, they don't really need it. They don't like it. Young guys may need some development. How do you feel? How do you think like the rest of your team feels? Like, Do you have to be in the facility there every day in the off season to, to get the work you need? Yeah. So I think there's two sides of it because at the end of the day, I wouldn't be where I am without OTAs. Uh, Cause that was my opportunity to show what I could do uh, to prove that I belong to, you know, basically that was really my only opportunity when it got to preseason, when it got to training camp, I didn't get any opportunities. So OTAs was my, my chance to show what I could do. Uh, so there's obviously that side of it. Um, but then there's the other side of it of, of, you know, it, it does kind of, um, you know, there's some pieces of it that, that kind of hurt me as a, as a veteran that I can't just train specifically for the season for six months straight. I have to, you know, train for OTAs and then, you know, you're doing OTAs for 
12 weeks or whatever it is. And then you get a month to train again for the season. So um, I think there's some benefits of it, obviously, and there's some negatives. But uh, trying to find that happy medium, I think, is what, what we need to do. Okay, so what is the difference whenever you're training for the season year-round as opposed to just training for OTAs and everything like that? Is it is it different exercises, different workouts, or do you think the OTAs going over shit that you already know is taking away from potential opportunity for you to train other things? Like, why is – now, for instance, my position, hey, I'm showing up and I'm putting the ball, okay? And if it's – to be honest, OTAs is nice because I don't have to go kick at a high school – and have a bunch of bums running around on the field around me. It's actually pretty good, you know. But for you guys, I know a lot of guys who take their body super serious because their body is their weapon in this whole thing. In the OTAs, in some of their minds, I'm not saying everybody, obviously, because everybody likes it, but some people think, like, this is taking away from me being able to work on my body to get my body to where I want it to be for the season and really, like, kind of taking time away. Do you think the best way would be to have, like, younger guys do something and then have the vets be allowed to do whatever? Because they say it's voluntary, but it's not. We all know it's not. If you want to be respected on your team or be a captain, you have to be there. I mean, that's just the way it is. But some of those guys might need that time for their body, especially after this COVID protocol where it kind of let everybody do that. And some of the older guys had their best seasons yet. Like, how do you think – how do you go – how do you fix it going forward, do you think, Adam? Yeah, I uh, I don't really know what the, the best solution is. Um, I will say that – that, uh, like you said, you know, when you have to, um, you, you don't want to overtrain, right? So you can't just, uh, you can't be training for, um, you know, the season and trying to make strides of becoming a better athlete, becoming quicker, faster, stronger, um, at, as the same, at the same time as, as doing like full practices, like your, but your body can't handle that. So I, I do feel there is a, a part of that when you have that many practices and, uh, that you can't do both. So you kind of take a step back as far as, uh, becoming a better athlete. Um, taking care of your body, um, um, being as strong and, and as sturdy and as, um, I guess, um, your core is being as strong as it possibly can going into a season. So I think there, there's some of that. But again, you got to have that opportunity for these young guys to, to grow and, and to get better and, and to have opportunities to show what they can do. Adam, you know, all anybody says, though, is that the vets are just lazy and everything. They don't want to do the OTAs and blah, blah, blah. But I think there's real, like what you just said there, I think people will be like, oh, actually, it's the complete opposite. Like, these guys actually want their bodies to be in the best shape that they could possibly be in for the season. It's just – it's a very interesting thing because I think a lot of OGs kind of get labeled as lazy when really it's not the case. It's just they know their body so much better at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if, if, if you're, you know, lazy per se, uh, you're not a guy that's playing 8, 9, 10, 11 years. Uh, those guys, they take it serious. I mean, I – I, I tell the story a lot, but my, my first Pro Bowl was like shocking to me because uh, you get there and you show up and you, you kind of think like, OK, these guys are just, you know, freak athletes, uh, whatever, you know, and, and you get there and you, you see why they're Pro Bowlers, because they they take this game serious. Uh, they take care of their bodies. There's training uh, during Pro Bowl, the Pro Bowl week. There's guys that are training and getting ready for the next season and talking about the game. You know what what helps them get open, what what helps them be successful at what they do and. Um, it really was an eye opener of, of, you know, why the greats are great because uh, they take it serious and they take um, every opportunity to get better. Yeah, I don't think I there's stumbled out of the I stumbled out of the bar one morning <laughs> alongside A.Q. Shipley, who was not a pro bowler. We were just having a good time there. And uh, J.J. Watt walked by with his cleats and uh, like his, he had his headphones on. And literally that was the moment where I realized like. Yeah, I'm not supposed to be here. This is not how this whole thing is supposed to go. And there's a reason y'all motherfuckers are y'all motherfuckers. And I just, 
I just hung over, stumbled out of brunch right here. So you're 100% right with that, my friend. I appreciate that. But I ain't never missed an OTA. You know what I mean, Adam? That's true. You're not lazy. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot of uh, like dumb, lazy guys that are in their 8th, ninth, 10th year in the league. Normally, there's something to it. Like, There's not a whole lot of uh, – got to be somewhat intelligent and love the game and actually care to work. But big news that happened today, Adam, right before we came on the show, Carson Wentz. He's coming here to be with Pat's Indianapolis Colts. Like, what yeah. do you, what, yeah. I guess, what do you think of not only Carson Wentz changing teams and all of this stuff happening, whatever Philly's going to do now, but especially just like the quarterback market now and how many stud quarterbacks there are everywhere. And we're going to see a lot of activity here over the next couple months. And Kirk yeah, yeah. was gone just a couple weeks ago, by the way. Kirk mm-hmm. was potentially gone. Like, I, I think he was getting traded a week ago. Kirk Cousins' name got popped up. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't, uh, follow, I don't watch any of the, uh, the NFL news in the offseason because I know most of it is is fake news. But um, um, I do I do want to say though I do want to say that uh, um, I'm happy for Carson Wentz Carson Wentz and um, you know obviously all he's been through and getting a fresh start I think he's gonna absolutely kill it there and and have a great year and and I got a lot of respect for him and and obviously uh, him him being close to to where I am from uh, close to North Dakota so. Um, you know, got a lot of respect for him and excited to see what he can do and, and have a fresh start. You're close to North Dakota? I thought you were from Minnesota. <laughs> I'm from Minnesota, but I'm right on the border. My hometown is like 40 minutes from the North Dakota border. So uh, not, not grew up not too far from him. You got 12-gauge? You go out there and burn that, dude? You out there, you out there killing That's, that, I actually did grow up doing that, uh, but uh, it's not my favorite thing to do. I'd rather be on the golf course. Hey, are you boys with uh, are you boys with Josh Duhamel? He's from North Dakota, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's actually got a place uh, close to my my hometown, so I've got to know him uh, over the years. And uh, big Vikings fan, so he's come out to practices and things like that. But uh, uh, yeah, he's, he actually has a little lake place not too far from from my hometown. So I actually got to get out there and check it out sometime. Hold on, so so you guys are like, don't you know? Just to everybody out there, and it's like we're neighbors, we know each other. If you're in North Dakota, South Dakota, or Minnesota, now that I'm. I mean, that's kind of a lump there. That's right. Yeah, I mean, shoot, if you're if you're from northern Minnesota, you got some type of connection. So, uh, and uh, you know, a lot of people from North Dakota they come to to actually my hometown or around my hometown because we got uh, a ton of lakes and it's a great summer place. So a lot of people in North Dakota have summer places in in my hometown. So I get to know a lot of those people. Connor, what do you got? Yeah, Adam, you mentioned opening up one of the ETS centers uh, with John Coon in Green Bay. Will you restrict Aaron Rodgers from going there? Because if he gets on your routine, he might throw for 70 touchdowns, or is everyone welcome? That's a, that's a good point. I heard, uh, you know, via this show uh, that, that he's, you know, all about squatting and getting these, you know, <laughs> big legs, you know, all strong. So, I mean, he's welcome to come to ETS and, and get strong if he wants. What do you guys do at ETS? We running, we lifting, we we got any pliability going on? We got some sups, we doing sups? What's your sups? What do we got going on at ETS? <laughs> well, I'd love to have you come get a workout in. We could that, that can be some good cool. content. I don't work out anymore. What is it is it a workout plan? Like what do we got? You got a whole system? Is it is it hit training? Oh, is it high intensity training? Is it Olympic? What type of, what do we got going on at ETS? Yeah, I think that's probably why I am am so passionate about it, and and you know why I got involved in the business side of things is because um, you know it really is uh, the only the only um, what we're really all about here is becoming the best athlete as possible. Uh, so so uh, Ryan, he's done a great job of of creating systems to make that happen. Um, it's not just you don't come in here for a workout; you come in here to train and to become a better athlete. 
And, uh, you know, when I started to feel that and see that and, and, you know, really get, get the most out of these, uh, you know, training sessions and, and really buying into it and, and then seeing what my progression was from season to, you know, OTAs and see how I, how much I, uh, different I felt and was able to move more efficiently and, and break down and, and change direction so much better as when I really bought in. So, um, you know, our, our big thing is, is being strong in the right areas, uh, not being strong to look good, uh, but ain't being able to move efficiently and being able to change direction is huge. So, um, you know, strengthening the, the muscles to do that and then also uh, doing having the right process to uh, become the best athlete. But you do want to look good, though, right? That's still part of it. <laughs> Why are I mean, we even working out? Don't get wrong. I'm still doing a Friday pump workout, but that has nothing <laughs> nice. to do with actually becoming a better athlete. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Adam, really, really appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Good luck with this upcoming season. Good luck in Tahoe next year. I think you can win it. I think I placed a bet on you to win it all last year. Ooh. This year I will place the same bet most likely. But, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Thielen. Yeah. Oh, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on. I got to get something out oh. of this. Hey. Hey, I want to golf in your simulator. I see you posting videos in there. The thing looks like it's the nicest simulator I've ever seen in my entire life. Hey, you're welcome to come anytime. Anytime you're in Minnesota, come on over. <laughs> Lunch on me. Dinner's All the time. on me. Let's do it. All right, you're the best, Adam. Thank you. Sorry about that. I cut off your applause there. You got a pretty good pop from the boys, too. That's, that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's on me. I apologize for you, Adam. Thank you for your time, dude. Thank All you, right. Adam. Appreciate it. Adam Thielen, everybody. Yeah! Most guys have tried a lot of different ways to, you know, try to last a little bit longer yeah. when making love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Think about your baseball team. That's a boring sport. That'll turn me off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Should. Maybe you start listing off cities and states. Maybe you start doing the alphabet backwards. Whatever you end up doing, you need to not do it anymore. Knock it off. Not if it's going to work. Uh-uh. Okay? Before the time you get to the, the shortstop, it's already happened. All right. That's right. What you need is a real tag team partner whenever you're going in there. And our friends at Roman created just that with Roman Swipes. Roman Swipes are a swipe that comes in a discreet unmarked package uh, that shows up at your door. Then it's in a tiny little packet that you put in your pocket, small enough to fit in your wallet. Then right before it's time to make some love, right before it is time to go ahead and try to procreate, mm -hmm. maybe. Whenever it's time to go and put on a show, uh, you go ahead and go ahead and rub the swipe on. Uh, it'll, it'll dry. It'll not transfer to your partner at all Ooh. and then you just have time of your life yeah get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee jesus that's get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee no mm -hmm. spaces uh and you can get your first month of swipes for just five dollars when you choose a monthly plan all right shout out to roman shout out to you shout out to get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Marcus Peters to the show. Yeah! Marcus, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing cool, man. Chilling at the house right now. I can't complain. Yeah, How so, you doing, big dog? Oh, I'm doing great. Sorry. I got, I'm sitting in for Pat today. I'm looking at the wrong camera multiple times, so I'm going to try to make sure I, I look at you, Marcus. You're looking good. What it's are you all wearing? Good. You wearing a, is that a hoodie? <laughs> is that a Snuggie? What is that? You know, I got my little tie-dye little hoodie. Ooh, yeah. Doing something. You look very, at the house. very, very comfortable. I'm, I'm jealous a little bit. It's, Pat keeps his studio about... 22 degrees Fahrenheit, so it's pretty chilly in here for all of us. You should be used to it, though, man. You up in Green Bay. You should be used to it, big dog. You're, okay, that's the question I have for you. I know you haven't always played in cold places, but in Baltimore, I know it gets cold. I, I know, at least for myself personally, people always said, hey, man, once you got, did you just thrive and love the cold? I felt like as I got older, 
maybe I just knew what to expect, but the cold was worse for me. Like, I think I knew what to expect. I, I didn't handle it as well as I did when I was young. Like, how do you handle it? I think we all hate that shit, man. Let's just be honest. We hate that shit, but it, it got cold as shit when I was in KC, man. Yeah. We played in some, some freezing cold games. And when that ground, when that ground froze in big dog, that shit ain't nothing nice. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel? Or do you feel like uh, when it's cold like that, do you as a DB have an advantage any more than you normally would if it was warm? Oh, you got to expect tips and overthrows, man. That, that's going to happen. Fingertips is out there frozen. You feel me? Quarterbacks is going to try to get it in regardless. So you, they, they got to be ready, and we got to be ready for them tips and overthrows. Because at that jam finger hit, hit for me, come, come across in that uh, freezing cold, you get, it's a lot of picks we can get. Hey, does play calling ever change defensively with the weather? You say tips and overthrows. I instantly think, like, hey, I want to be playing more zone then because I want to be able to – my eyes on the QB, I want to see that ball so I can go after it if, if it does get tipped. I mean, for the biggest part, you know, it, it kind of does change the game plan a little bit because we, we're expecting a lot more runs and a lot more play action deep shots because that's gonna pretty, pretty much going to be the only time that they can really attack because, you know, quick game is going to be happening. But like I say, that's where them chips and overthrows come. If we play a tight man, tight, tight uh, zone coverage, we can try to get them chips and overthrows with quarterbacks trying to hit them, uh, them gaps. That's right. Hey, something that everybody on this show loved, Marcus, was you get a pick, you seal the game, Tennessee, you run out there to the middle of the field and all your defense, all your boys come join you. I, I guess, was that something you thought about beforehand? I know some of your teammates said, hey, I, I just kind of went along for it, and they all had your back. I loved watching it. Is, is that something you, you seem to uh, plan a little bit or just like you envision yourself getting a pick to end the game? No, nah, not really. For me, I plan, to get in it, plan on getting a pick that game for sure. Uh, my opportunities was was a little short. I thought I could have got one play. He uh, ran ran a double move on me with uh, Brown, and he kind of threw it back shoulder. And so I, I had my opportunities to give me some picks that game. But to be honest, man, that 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 whole little incident happened just 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 how it occurred. You feel me? I, we all felt that they was being disrespectful as fuck to us the first time when they played at the house. So we took that shit personal, and we knew what type of game it was going to be going into it. And like I say, man, it just so happened it had to be me to do it. You feel me? And I, I feel like my dogs was ready to, to, to ride with me any time, any moment that, for that, for me, what was going on that day. So they had to get it, man. You feel me? You do it to us, you got to get it done to you. Do you guys thrive on that? In Baltimore, do you thrive on that kind of having some, some personal stuff going back and forth? We know with the head coaches and everything. Like, it seems like you guys are energized by that. I mean, it, it's the that's the real beauty of the game. You feel me? I think all football, real football players, kind of uh, accepting, kind of love that little that that, that shit talking aspect of the game, as we we will call it. But it, it, it has it has that flavor to it, man. And I and I think it fit Baltimore perfect. You got to come. Yeah, Marcus. I read that you were actually a kicker in high school as well as a plethora of other positions. Have you tried to kick an extra point in the NFL, a la Ocho Cinco, or have you put nah, those days? I, I behind? can't do that shit. I ain't gonna even lie to you. <laughs> I'm old school, heel toe. You feel me? I'm gonna go straight, straight with it. You know, the way them league balls is right now, you feel me? My, I, ain't, I ain't got it with the big toes on my. <laughs> Did you do pump pass and kick ever as a kid? Nah, I couldn't throw for shit, so I kind of stayed out of the <laughs> Do you think most DBs can or cannot throw the ball? You know, it's so crazy. It's a few of them that can that can probably throw the rock for sure. You know, I, I unfortunately got a little-ass hand, so I can't really grip the ball as well as people with bigger hands than me. So I'm going to throw ducks regardless. Yeah. Hey, so you played for Wade Phillips at the Rams, right? What What is he like? He seems like such an interesting guy. 
OG, man, he a Hall of Fame uh, coach regardless in my book, man. The way he know the game, the way he studied the game, the way he had us prepared every week, and and just the flavor that he bring, you feel me? That's OG way, you feel me? He come to practice, and he, all he wants you to do is bust your ass and, hit and, 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 and work, and everything else should be taken care of by him, like he was safe. I mean, all mistakes, you can put them on me, and I just want y'all to go out there and play free, free and fast. Gumpy, you got something? Yeah, Marcus, you played with Jared Goff with the Rams. How do you think he'll fare in Detroit? I think Jared's going to be fine, man. I think all Jared got to do is just continue to get better like we all do. You know, um, take take the good for the good, the bad for the bad, man. The situation, it was unfortunate, you know, that it had to happen like that. But, like, if you miss the business, man, you can't take nothing personal. You just got to go your butt to work and, and, and just be willing to get better, man. Take on new challenges. And, you know, he's going to be able to be an awesome leader for that team, though. And so we hear that a lot. Like, yeah, it's a business. Don't take things personal. But how do you not take it personal? I know it's it is so a business. You do take that shit personal, mm-hmm. but only when you play them. Okay, so you, you use get it. Ass that, you, you use get it. ass that the ass whipping on the field. You play to that that high standard that you're supposed to play at, or or that they felt you couldn't play at, and you hold that hold that to be personal. But other than that, you, you handle your business, man. Because we we know how it is. They. They, people got their opinions about you, and, and it's going to change every day. If you're doing good, they're going to love you. If you're doing bad, they're going to hate you. So how good does it feel to actually play those guys and use that and and, and make plays on them? That shit feel real good. So what's the rest of your offseason look like? Obviously a little different. We don't, you don't really know what the schedule looks like. Do you have contact with your coaches? Like, What do they say that the next thing for you guys is going to be? Uh, pretty much right now, we got a little group chat going on, and we just get information sent from coach every now and then, and just keep in contact from that way. And but for me, man, I'm about to just you know get back into the normal routine, get my body right, doing some yoga, some stretching, and just getting getting back into the routine. Has how you kind of handle yourself physically and mentally, I guess, in the off season, has that changed much since you entered the league? Um, I ain't gonna lie. I, I low key had a little little cheat code to to even uh, how how to how for me coming into the league to take care of my body. You know, I lived with Marshawn my uh, my last my last year at UW. So you feel me going through that process of watching him take care of his, his body of him going out there getting fifteen sixteen carries and then you feel me coming home and then watching this whole routine of how he get his his body back you know into into condition for Sunday. You know, I, I just just kept kept on a routine when I first got into it. You know, keep my mind and my uh, my my body right, and we'll be fine. Marcus, are there any uh, players or teams where you are like, all right, I got to turn up the shit talk today? Or are you always just barking at the other guys? Nah, to be honest, I'm talking shit to everybody, man. Don't <laughs> nobody be no special. <laughs> hey, Marcus, what's the most frustrating thing if you are talking to somebody? Like, is it? More frustrating when someone just is silent and doesn't say anything back, or like, what, what do you, what do you dislike? It's the nice guy, man. It's the one who gonna, who, who's just gonna shoot it, shoot it to you in the most nicest way, and it's like, man, just say something back, just, <laughs> just talk the shit. Who's and nice? It just, who's a, it just don't happen. You have an example of a couple guys like that? Ooh, see, mm. like we Julian had Adam- Edelman is like okay. that. But then Jules gonna talk his shit though. He gonna <laughs> okay. throw his little one two punches in on you on the under. But Jules is like that a little bit. Um, um, nah, not too many, man. I I, I kind of you know, come across some real good dogs, man. So <laughs> they usually talk well, his shit back. I'm sure it's, it seems like there's mutual respect back and forth during the game. You definitely um, 
I mentioned, I mean, you have 31 career interceptions, which is unbelievable already, and you seem to score on a lot of those. And you're not scared to take chances and jump routes. And I was trying to explain earlier to guys, like, I'm sure when you do take chances, it's because you've watched those those plays a thousand times on film. You know the situations they like to do this and do that. And so you're like, okay, this is my opportunity where I can step out and take a chance. Like, is that something you've always had? And and how do you do that going forward? Because people know, hey, this is a guy. Like, you got to be worried about him because he's gonna he's gonna go up and snatch the ball and he's probably gonna take it for six. Man, to be honest, man, it started with me young. Man, pop just always told us not to play scared. Man, we going out here to play football. And, and, and it's a game, man. And once we once we done with that football game, whatever you did on that field, it's left on the field. It ain't gonna you, you don't not supposed to take the shit personal. You feel me? So I just go out there, play fast, play free. You feel me? If I if I if I didn't did my homework and study, then then why shouldn't I not take this risk? Because if I take this risk and then we get a high reward, everybody gonna be cheering. But you feel me? If I take the risk and I and, you know I get beat or something like that. I'm not the one to come back and, 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 and just point fingers at nobody. I'm going to own up for, for my motherfucking mistakes, and then we're going to make the steps properly to, to, to advance further in doing the game, you feel me? And then later on, if I see the next thing, you feel me? if I see that same example again, y'all running it again, I got you. Hey, what's the, what's the most frustrating thing for you? Say you're watching a college game or an NFL game on TV. You see a DB get beat deep. You see like a blown coverage. Would you – one thing I've always – the old fake hamstring pull is always good. Guy gets beat, you got to pull yeah. up, fake hammy. Or the guys who palms up and look around. Like I know coaches like, hey, I don't want to see palms up like this looking around like, oh, what's going on here, bud, when usually it's yeah. the guy that got beat doing it. Like what's the most frustrating for you to see? It, it, and, it, and it will be that because at the end of the day, we out there as a group, you feel me? Yeah. We, we got five to, five to six dudes who out there – trying to provide for their family, you feel me? We out there, it's, it's sometimes people going to mess up. We're get we we're not going to be perfect. We At least we we trying to work to be perfect, but every play we can't be perfect because we plan to get some professionals on the other side too, so we got to respect that also, you feel me? So just take the ownership, man. We come back in because when we sit down in the meetings together, we're going to see everybody fuck up, you feel me? We ain't going to just see yours. We're going to see everybody's, and we, gonna, every, we want everybody to take the same amount of accountability towards they, 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 they messing up. Hey, is John Harbaugh what you thought uh, he was going to be when you got there? Yeah, everything. You feel me? Me, I remember meeting Harbaugh coming out for the draft, and I remember the whole little little trip there. And Harbaugh was just just rowdy and feisty dude, but 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 also understood the the, the family aspects of, of 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 being so so in tune for for football family, but then also the other side of it. He, you know, he, he the way he take treats his family with his daughter and stuff like that, that shit is intriguing, you feel me? Because he comes to work and he, he instills that back into us to see the relationship that he has with the guys that's in our locker room. He it, it's, it's 100, you feel me? Is that something that uh, is common around the league, I guess? Like you said, it's it's uh, you, you see it and like it inspires you to, to see how he treats his family, how he can still be a great coach and a great leader. It is like I think people would be surprised that it's not as common as they would think. It, it to be honest, it, it's really not. You feel me? Because some coaches they they don't really own up for they for they mess ups. You feel me? They sometimes are pointed at the players. You feel me? And then we see certain situations happen in this league as you know trades come come start happening, and the, the player get blamed first before the coach end up taking some ownership for itself. You feel me? Because the coaches sometimes can help that player if they step out a little bit further. And on the other side, for us, we as players. We we looking for that. You feel me? Not saying that we 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 want some 
somebody that's going to baby us and do things like that. But we're looking for somebody who's going willing to take that extra time to sit down and talk it up with me about some, if I'm messing up in the same zone. Or if, if I'm having hard times off the field, you can take a little five minutes. It don't got to be a whole spill, but just check up on me and do those small things because I'm coming to work every day busting my tail for six or seven months away from my family, and you doing the same. You feel me? Everybody go through things that life ain't perfect. So we don't, we all need those people to talk to. You feel me? And then you look at it on the film, on the field. You see, you see the teams who play like that because they it, they playing together. You feel me? You see the the whole unity, the thing working. You feel me? It, it, it's the team flow. It ain't just a team full of uh, athletic guys who can be superstars one week and then fall off the next. Connor, Marcus, there's a story online about you almost burning down uh, Marshawn Lynch's house. Uh, what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that shit is true. I, I was coming home from my uh, my baby shower for my first son, and I was going back to uh, school in Seattle, and I, I had came home with some lumpias, and I had just you feel me on some chilling show on the weekend, on Sunday. Matter of fact, I just got back, and I'm just chilling, but I ended up turning on a little movie, went up in there, and I fell asleep because I got back probably like midday. I fell asleep, and the grease was on, and shit. By then. It's black smoke flowing through the house. I ran downstairs to get my uncle Lee, and we 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 start trying to put that thing out. <laughs> <laughs> that shit ain't nothing to play with, though, bro. For real, fire is scary as fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> I say so. So how did it end? What did you? Was there a lot of damage? How did it end? Uh, I ended up with our our kitchen. Everything in our kitchen was was damaged. You feel me? We ended up having to get new stove, new oven, new little counter, all that little shit. Wow. This shit was black. The whole kitchen was black. <laughs> like a whole month. How did Marshawn respond? Damn, <laughs> they was coming. <laughs> they was coming back from a. Uh, I want to play. They said they played Washington that that week or something like that. And they was coming back home, and and they had just got off the bus like late that night. <laughs> like, bruh, <laughs> the house was black. The house was on fire, bruh. <laughs> like what? I'm like, the house is on fire. He like, quit playing, bro. I'm like, nah, for real, blood. You feel me? The house is on fire. Like, you have to put that thing out. You feel me? By the time he got to the house, he's seeing the whole aftermath. Me and my uncle, you feel me? We, we all blacked up, smoked up. And you feel me? The fire department leaving as he coming back. You feel me? We got, It was bad. You feel me? The shit was crazy. You guys are still friends, though, right? Oh, he, I mean, we family, man. Family comes first, man. Shit like mm-hmm. that, man. That's just material stuff, man. We we, we living and breathing, and, man. You good. That's everything that can matter to me. I love it. That's awesome. Hey, Marcus, really, really appreciate your time, man. Love watching you play. Continued success, and good luck this next year, man. Man, thank you. Appreciate that, big dog. All right, Marcus Peters, everybody. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Marcus. Yeah. Man, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I didn't know about the burning Marshawn's house. Yeah. No idea. Partly down. <laughs> Burn it down. Yeah. When, like, so what year would that have been, you think? Um, Probably seven he, years ago, maybe? He's a senior, you said, right? Yeah. He's been he's been in the league six years. doesn't really matter. Since 2017, so. Okay, well. Okay, a couple years That's the story. Yeah, not six. <laughs> not seven ago. <laughs> or if my math goes, it's not seven years ago. Wow, okay. Man, I just – guys that are ball hawks like him, they intrigue me. Like, I, I told you I played with Charles Woodson, that guy. But Marcus, like, 31 picks. Has he only played six seasons so far? And he got traded to the Ravens his first game. He had a pick six yeah. on Ross. Like he yeah. played the Rams after he got traded. They beat them forty five six. He had a pick. Remember he got into yeah. it with Ramsey. At the yeah, in the, the tunnel. Game. Remember yeah. they they were trying to meet up in the tunnel, weren't yeah. they? I but love that. He's so good, man. He is, and he's not. I mean, that's the thing though. If you're playing corner, you're putting on an island every single play. Yeah. If you're not 
crazy confident in yourself, like, good luck. Good luck stopping number one receivers every single week. I'd say all the time, quarterback position is the number one spot where, hey, like confidence is huge. You have to have confidence. I think number two behind that, corner. Safety, you can hide other places a little bit, but you can't hide if you're a corner, man. Like, Connor, what did you play in high school? Uh, you know, I spent some time at corner, but uh, I oh. mostly played linebacker. Jumping routes, back. jumping those routes up there. Yeah, in New you England. know, do you just read, read the quarterbacks? <laughs> All that film study, right? All your yeah. film study. I, I was, you know, eating dinner, you're watching film on my iPad. You know how it is. Just yeah, like quarterbacks man. in the NFL. Just grinding. You're just grinding away. <laughs> yeah. What was your high school called? Uh, Buckingham, Brown, and Nichols. And didn't you play in some, like, highfalutin? like yeah. all boys school league well i don't know what falutin means but yes we did play in the independent school league it wasn't all boys there were some uh public school private schools if you will um gumpy what about you in canada no football in our high schools till after i graduated so what did you play hockey soccer massive soccer soccer's huge back home where are you at? What part are you from again? Victoria, British Columbia. Yeah, of course. I know exactly where that is. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's right by right by Seattle. You can, oh, you can nice. take you can take a ferry from downtown where I live to downtown Seattle. It's oh. like two hours and forty five minutes. It's oh. like Detroit in Windsor, Canada. Exactly. Bingo. Uh, different Canada though. You have, you're from like a very like the yeah. warmer Orange climate. County. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like nice. it's like beaches and sun. Really? Does everyone speak English up there? Yeah. Yeah. What? what do you think they <laughs> well, speak? French, 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 French Canadians. Canadians. Uh, the French Canadians. Close to Quebec over there. <laughs> Quebec, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm saying I assume it's English where he's at. Yeah, okay. Connor. Well, fair. Sorry, you know everything about it. You're a geography master, too. That's right. No, but it's mostly soccer and baseball were huge back home. Yeah. Canada's a good spot. I don't know if I've ever been to your hometown, but I've been around there. You like Canada? Love Canada. Spend some, time, Spent some time in Windsor when I was nineteen. Of course. Well, before nice. you're twenty one, you uh, gotta go to Windsor and mm-hmm. oh, watch these beers that are high alcohol content <laughs> and emotions. Yeah. Triple As, as yeah. I'm trying to find a dollar fifty um blackjack table to play because you can't you know, I was in college, you're trying to go figure it out, man. Oh, yeah. It was fun. So in Calgary it's eighteen too. It's even younger. Oh, yeah. I like it. Hey, you know what? We're gonna try to get to some calls here because I know we had a lot of people that have been waiting. You know what? Mansuri, let's check out Rob in the Bay Area. Ooh, Bay. Rob in the Bay. <laughs> What's up, Rob? Hey, how's it going? Oh, great, buddy. What do you got, what do you got going on? Man, you know, I'm just enjoying this beautiful day. I feel very blessed, of course, to be in California. Shout out to everybody dealing with the weather out in Texas yeah. and the east and the so. north. You guys are facing off with some crazy winter storm, so I'm keeping you guys in my prayers and, oh, and thoughts. Shout out. Hey. <laughs> I, I wanted to say I wanted to say I I like to apologize and shout out Gump Evan and CFO Phil I I had uh, shouted out the whole gang a few months back and I didn't mention their name that was wrong of me you guys are very important to the brand so Thanks shout out to you guys Thanks, man. appreciate that I remember you talking about that shout yeah out. yeah yeah it's all good man sorry about that um, it's all good man. my question good. was for you AJ uh, shout out I had a shout question uh, what's the most adversity you faced in life on or off the field and how did you Documentary, dude. I appreciate the call. I did not read what he had on the docket <laughs> when I said his name. The most advice I mean, come on now. There's people that have had crazy, crazy adversity, deaths in their family, all kinds of situations, trying to people I, I just listened to Francis Ngannou, the MMA fighter, talk about growing up and working the sand mines and coming over. I didn't have to deal with anything like that. Um I don't know, man. I've been very lucky off the field. On the field, my senior year, my first game, my senior year in high school, I 
was I was a punter too. I was faking a punt, planting my foot at the first down marker, and dude chopped my knee, blasted my PCL out of there. I came, tried to play the next game, didn't go too well. Um, (laughs) Fucking booby miles. Ended up getting some (laughs) surgery after that, and then didn't know if Ohio State was going to pull my scholarship. So in the in the moment, yeah, that was adversity for me. I felt like, oh, I don't know. And I came back and played the last two games my senior year in high school, and was able to still go to Ohio State. But I thought that was some huge adversity at the time. It was good though. Ultimately, it helped me learn how to take care of my body and take care of my knee. What about you, Z? Did I see Penn State was looking at you for a little bit? For a second, yeah. Who'd you meet with? Oh, man, who did I meet? Who was uh, Jay Paterno was there at the time. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Joe Paterno, I saw him. I don't know if he knew he was recruiting me at all, oh, but Jonah. he was there. Um, <laughs> Jay was there. <laughs> Uh, Nebraska. I don't know if he. I'm saying I don't know if he knew I was even on the trip. Joe was yeah. a legend at the time. Oh, yeah. I think that's pretty much all that I had met with over there. Ohio State, Penn State tonight. Here we go. Oh, really? Oh. Big matchup. Basketball. Ohio State minus four and a half. Yeah, good know. team this year. They are a good team. Very good. Holt, uh, the, the coach. Yeah. Holtman. Right. Sure. Big time booster. He's actually a very good coach. I know that much. Zeke, what are you trying? What are you alluding to? What do you mean? No, I was just wondering. I was looking at your Wikipedia right now. Oh, gosh. You what about what the national championship when you were down, AJ? Maurice Claret. Were we down? Did Maurice Claret yeah, we make down. that tackle? Remember Maurice Claret? That was fucking Sean Taylor good. gets a pick. Sean Taylor's returned the pick. Oh, Maurice says, nope, that's mine, and rips it from him mm. in one of the biggest plays ever, I would imagine, in the national championship game. And people get so mad and say we didn't deserve to win and blah, whatever. It's a questionable flag. If it's a questionable call, then like, my only thing is like, I don't care about arguing about it, but we shouldn't have been there. If yeah. we were, get, we were supposed to get blown out. I was only a freshman. I didn't do anything really special teams and a couple plays on defense. We had some absolute monsters that were upperclassmen and Maurice Claret. That was a true freshman at that time, but we shouldn't have been in the game. It should never been that close. Was my question. If you want to say, "Hey, it was a bad call," all right. Well, then you guys should have beat us by thirty. Well, right. you, you had to come in and play, right? Didn't the guy ahead of you get hurt or something? Then you had not to play in most that game. Of the game. No, not in that game. Mangold. That happened to Nick. Oh, okay. Mangold played the whole national championship as a true freshman. Damn. Did you ever deal with the guy who suspended Claret? Did you ever any run-ins with him? What do you mean? Well, who? there was like the head DA or whatever. The head oh, Andy oh. Geiger yeah. was the AD at the time. Yeah, he was. He was gone shortly after that. Yeah, I mean, I saw him, talked to him. I, I wasn't in any trouble at the time, but yeah, yeah he was. It was a weird time because Maurice and I came in the same class. Maurice was like player of the year in the in the country, I think, out of high school. Was already a stud. His first game ever. The whole place, 110,000 people chanting his name. I was like, man, this is pretty sweet. Wow. <laughs> this is pretty amazing. And. Yeah, he had a heck of a year, year and a half about, and then I don't know what happened. Honestly, it's crazy to think yeah. about. Troy Smith was in that class too. Mm-hmm. Troy redshirted, a lot of great players. San Antonio Holmes, whatever. How it's tight are you uh, with Craig Krenzel still? Pretty good. Why? Uh, Craig actually lives like a minute from me. <laughs> I was just curious. He's he got some moved. kids that are stud, <laughs> stud baseball and basketball players. Really my, smart. My, my one son might. Craig might coach him soon. Really? See, Craig okay. coaches everything. Craig's like a, you know, he's like you. He's like a whiz kid, super genius. Former, you know, Bears quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Bear died, got a win. Was it a Monday night game? Craig got a win so, back yeah. in the day. I was, I was a huge Craig Krenzel fan. Oh, yeah. So was I. Craig's two years older than me. So my freshman year, he was a junior. We won the national championship. My second year, um, we had a chance to get back. We got beat by Michigan the last game of this regular season. They were really good. But Craig, man, talk about, like, I was – 18 years old, I'm coming in, I knew of Craig, and I see him dealing with him like, this guy, he doesn't think or speak or do anything like anyone I've ever met. Like, he was that, like, he was so 
weirdly intellectual and like just real smart and I don't know. He ran things. He was a good leader, man. I appreciate Craig. Do you still hate Michigan with all your soul? Yeah. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can say so. People in Ohio don't say Michigan. People don't say Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Well, <laughs> can't believe you said Michigan. Second, I'm grandfathered in. Coach Tressel said Michigan. He was my coach. And Urban, I love Urban too. But Urban started that whole thing, and they crossed out the M's. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. It happens all the time in Ohio. People, oh my god, oh, oh, you said Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Like Give General Bob a heart attack. <laughs> Bob, luckily, Bob does. Bob says Michigan because Bob's grandfathered in too. I understand what Urban was doing with that and why it happens. It's cool how it works. Sometimes I just think you're showing them too much respect yeah. by doing all. I mean, that. It's not a rivalry anymore. No, yeah. they stink. They, it was a rivalry when I was there. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was 15 years, ago. 20 years ago. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Did you guys have the clock in the weight room when you were there too? Or no? uh, I think we did have the Michigan clock. Yeah. yeah. Count down to the next time because it was still a big deal with Coach Tressel. We did all kinds of stuff for it. It just wasn't. I guess the whole saying their name wasn't involved back then. That's something Urban brought. Now Urban's down in Jacksonville. How do you think he's going to do? Unbelievable. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I mean, I don't got know. <laughs> They're gonna got Schlegs is the strength coach. Yeah. Yeah. They get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence as being the next guy. I mean, if if he turns out to be half of what everyone expects him to I'm be. I'm worried about Trevor Lawrence, just the expectations placed on yeah. him. Yeah. Like, okay, Justin Herbert. He comes in, tears it up. Rookie of the year offensive, right? What, where people didn't have crazy expectations for him. He gets, what, Tyrod Taylor gets stabbed in the lung. He gets mm-hmm. thrust in the lineup, plays great, and then continues to play great, which is very impressive. But – their expectations weren't there. With Herbert, I guess it's kind of like a Joe Burrow type thing. He had high expectations. Oh, yeah. and Joe mm-hmm. still played very well for a team that wasn't that great. And Jacksonville, they may be, you know, we'll see how they do. I don't know. Like, okay, oh, where's uh, old buddy? Old mullet boy. He's, he's Minshew? Gonna, yeah, Minshew. Ooh. He's still there. Yeah. So he's, I mean, I don't know. Is Minshew going to take the majority of the reps in camp if, if Trevor's still coming back from that, that non-throwing shoulder injury? Like, what, is, what are we going to do? No, I mean, Minshew is an afterthought. He had a yeah. great run down there. Someone should pick him up then, though. Wouldn't and, a team that needs a transition guy, like, wouldn't he be a good guy? Like a stopgap for a year? This guy can. Yeah, he would be. Per- I mean, yeah. I would love New England to have Minshew. Oh, put some, sell some yeah. tickets, you know? Yeah. You know what? We know Bill really vibed with Cam's, like, personality, and people didn't yeah. think that could happen with Minshew and everything he has. I think Bill would vibe with that. Absolutely. Hey, beat the Colts in week one. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who says no? We interrupt this conversation so that I can tell you guys that the weather is absolutely terrible right now. Snow's falling down. There's accidents everywhere. Ice. People's roofs are caving in. Crazy shit. Uh, The other day, the other night, I went out to my mailbox to grab the mail, slipped on a sheet of black ice, and smacked my back and head on the ground so hard, uh, you know, it did... It reminded me how fragile life could be, you know? And on that note, it makes sense why people get life insurance. That's kind of what I was thinking, especially term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable. Why not pay a bit each month to protect the ones you love? If you're asking yourself this question, choose Ladder. Ladder makes it impressively fast and easy to get covered. You just need a few minutes and a phone or a laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out instantly if you're approved. There's no hidden fees. You can cancel any time. And since life insurance costs more as you age, now's the time to cross it off your list. So check out Ladder today to see if you're instantly approved. Go to ladderlife.com slash McAfee. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash McAfee. 
ladderlife.com slash McAfee. Back to the show. Nah, nothing really. The uh, We do got a server that has made its way out to the beach here. Might pick up a little lunch, huh? Maybe Ooh. a little chicken Caesar wrap. Mm, maybe some uh, maybe some fries on the side with the Mongo Claw. I mean, maybe how you doing? Keep it moving. Vitamins down here where I'm at is potentially legal. I mean, maybe we have a good time a little bit, AJ. Great to be here, though. Cannot wait to talk to our next guest, AJ. We're talking... I've been looking forward to this for a long time, Bob. Yeah, I know. Well, he's not on the line just yet, Pat, but we are going to be speaking with Ty Dillon. Hey, do you see what that's like? you see what that's like, by the way? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I see exactly what it's like. I, I just told the boys, first off, your clutter on this desk, I've been, I don't mean to, but I've been, your, your gun just fell over. I've been knocking stuff. I'm about to knock everything off of this desk. There is so much on here. Clutter? No, no, no. <laughs> clutter implies that it's, randomly placed those things are all yeah put right where they need to are be they, do you know these do you know which batteries work and which don't i don't think you do <laughs> yeah i do actually in the in the cartridge all right the, all uh, right we got a guest on we got he's on the line <laughs> our guy's on the line we need to go to our guest no, so but if the plus if the if the bump is up it's good bumps are down like when you open it they're you just flat bottom batteries you know Bad. Oh, They're already yeah. been gone. No Bump is up brand new, pal. I got a system. There's no clutter and shit. That thing has been pieced together as if Picasso was doing it, pal. Yeah. Hey, Pat, you know you've been talking. Do you want to introduce our guest, our next one who's coming on? No, no. You're the host, man. You, you closed out that first hour in such a good tease for this intro that, that I'm, I'm here for it. Pal. You're right. So, hey, joining us now, we have NASCAR Xfinity Cup Series. He's in the second place right now. Having a hell of a year. Mr. Ty Dillon, welcome to the show. Yeah! Let's go, Ty I, um, I follow you guys. Big fan of the show, so uh, glad to be on. Um, know you guys are a big NASCAR show, so I reached out to Pat. He yeah, said, yeah. hey, if you guys need any advice, a uh, little, little, um, I can do a little Q&A for you guys. We'll get you guys tuned up. Hey, Ty, so Ty, wait, we hold appreciate on, that, obviously. Hold on one Ty. second, Pat. And AJ, he can't great hear me. intro. He can't okay, hear a word on. I'm Let saying. No, he here. can't hear anything. There's a NASCAR Nobody driver. can hear you, Pat. Let me talk There's to my no way anyone can hear you. NASCAR driver. Please let me talk to my friend who's a NASCAR driver, AJ. <laughs> go, and go. This is not your friend, okay? This guy's go. my friend. He's a NASCAR driver, please. You got it. Take it, Pat. Please. It's all you. <laughs> Ty, I want to let you know, I have driven the pace car, okay, for a – you found the gun. Good. Way to go. <laughs> Ty, he's been fucking in the shit over there. I don't know if you know this, Ty. He's been messing with all my stuff. He's broke everything thus far. Let's get to... All right. No baseball bats needed back there, okay? We're talking to a race car driver. Ty, thank you for your time. Even though yeah, AJ man, no is trying to just make it a mockery, I want to let you know. Thank you for your time, especially here in between two day 10 races. So last week, we had the five hunch. His name is not Mitch McConnell. It's not Mitch McDowell. It's Mike McDowell. Wins that thing. <laughs> Now, this upcoming week, it's a road course. Are you going to win it? How much should I bet on that? And what is the big difference between what we saw last week coming up this upcoming week for those of us that maybe don't know NASCAR as well as we should? Yeah, man. So uh, Mitch McDowell, is uh, Michael McDowell, he's actually a close friend of mine, so that was a cool moment. Um, <laughs> I would have personally been in that race. I We had a race-in race on Thursday night that I missed uh, qualifying for the race by about three feet. A guy beat me at the line on the last lap. They call it the duels. So uh, it was the first one I've missed in uh, in seven years. So uh, it was a little bit of a heartbreaker weekend for, for us. But um, I ran the uh, race on Tuesday, which is actually on the track that we're going to be running this weekend in the Cup Series. 
and a uh, little niche thing that I might be on trivia for. Uh, I ran the first race for Michael Jordan and his team um, last Tuesday night on this racetrack. So um, I'm, a, I'm with a different team now um, this weekend. And uh, you got a question? You're on Team Jordan? I didn't know you were a Jordan athlete. When You became a Jordan athlete? And were you – Bubba Wallace, I knew, was on Team Jordan. Who else? What's the squad look like? Denny Hamlin's got the Jordan thing right there on his belt. Is he a Team Jordan guy as well? So I was for, for one race. So I qualified for this race. It was like an all-star race, kind of a pre-race to the season. I qualified. Bubba didn't. Um, I won a stage in the middle of a race last year, which qualified me for this race. So they needed somebody to fill in, and, and I was the guy they chose. My – my career, I've been in the Cup Series full-time for the past four years, and our team shut down right at the end of the year. Um, so it's been tough getting getting back on my feet and just putting together uh, one race at a time to try to get back into the full-time gig. So uh, this is one of my opportunities this weekend, and uh, they were able to help me out and get in that first first ride for Michael Jordan, which is a big moment for, for my career. And uh, it, it went well. I was running eighth and uh our ninth and we had two loose lugs and if you don't come in and tighten those up it's ten uh ten thousand dollars a lug on the wheel that's loose and crew chief gets suspended hey ty on that note a little bit i've i've heard an an ugly rumor from some people that that seem to know nascar they say hey if we win a race you know you you see people do they're going to go do you know do donuts in the in the uh infield and they're going to crash their car maybe into the wall and they do that so when the post-race inspection comes it doesn't see that they have been cheating have you heard anything about this <laughs> well <laughs> there has been some alleged attempts at things like that i'd say over, over the years um you know nascar is it's a really tight box as far as what you do on the race car and, and manipulating um you know the rules and uh, that's kind of the game we live in, just as you you might do it with kicking footballs. Or um, there was a you know a guy who just won a Super Bowl who had some uh, issues with some of his footballs back in the day. Everybody pushes the limits and everything they do. So um, that sometimes happens in NASCAR, and um, no one's ever really been busted for doing that. But you hear rumors. What are people? So people are doing that to get a actual ponies, a little hidden pony power under the hood. What are what are the things you guys? For instance, kickers. We're trying to get the ball beat up as much as possible. The alleged incident that you referred to that I will now have to talk about, although I did not legitimize it. The deflation of footballs for Tom Brady back in the day, whenever they beat us by fifty, that was so that he could get a better grip on it. The beat up balls for kickers so it could travel further, normally like five to seven yards further with a beat up ball. What are the cheaters in NASCAR trying to do? Add a little pony power to the car and what are the regulations on that thing? Yeah, so so there's there's massive regulations and NASCAR has done a good job of as far as officiating it. But uh, the big thing in our sport is downforce. So downforce is the grip to our football, which is our tires pretty much that that allow us to race the car harder, go faster. Um, so we spend millions and millions of dollars on wind tunnels, and just to find a count of downforce um, is you know we'll spend whatever it takes to find that. So. Um, there's been a lot of attempts to do things outside the box to gain that little bit of grip that can account to a tenth of a second on the track. And if you gain a tenth of a second over 500 laps over the field, you're going to have that advantage. So that's our big our big goal there. And um, so, you know, when when our teams are put together, our, our sport isn't ran off of just the sanctioning body. Like so NFL pays out all the teams after the year as far as what their revenue is. NASCAR doesn't do that. Each individual team has to gather their sponsorship dollars to be able to provide the funding to to make their cars better. So you guys putting salt bags in the trunk so you get a little bit more downforce? <laughs> what is, is 
Is that what you guys are trying to do out there? That's crazy. That's a, that's a good idea, I guess. Sorry, AJ. Go ahead, pal. No, I was actually throwing to Connor. Connor had something good he wanted to say. Yeah, Ty, we saw some guys driving with uh, fire starting in their cars. Has that ever happened to you? Um, I had one last year that, that started up inside the car. Um, it's kind of one of those moments where, you know, I, I knew where it was coming from. I kind of knew the amount of time I had. And I was hoping it was going to go out. Luckily, it did. I stayed in, kept the race going. Um, and uh, it was actually, I think it was at Daytona or Talladega where it, where it happened. And I stayed in the race. It was with about 30 laps to go. The fire luckily went out. It started underneath the dash. Um, it was electrical fire. So I kind of knew what it was. And I was hoping it went out, and it, and it did. And uh, I kept going in the race. And, um, you know, it, it helps to kind of know where the fires are coming from. <laughs> yeah, I would assume that you were hoping the fire would go out while you're racing. Uh, how fast you guys go? How fast the uh, NASCAR go? Um, it depends on what track, like Daytona, I think the fastest lap ran was an average of 200 miles per hour. So we're getting up to two, two Oh five, two Oh seven. Yeah. It's been higher. I, my hardest impact was at Michigan speedway. Um, I think I hit the wall around two fifteen. Um, somebody had a battery fall out of their car and it went through the radiator of my car. It's on YouTube. You can find it. Um, that one left an impact right, for sure. Right. How do we have all these professional car builders and batteries are just dropping out of the goddamn thing? That's a question for a whole nother day. Okay, we'll dive yeah. into that. You crashing at 215 miles an hour. I watched the doc the, uh, with McGee. Okay, McGee uh, from ESPN's mm-hmm. Marty and McGee. McGee. I watched McGee's Intimidator E60 thing about Dale Earnhardt. That was fascinating. Okay, so I didn't know much about nascar okay i grew up in pittsburgh not a lot of racing i come to indianapolis indycar is the thing my wife loves indycar so i learned a lot about indycar didn't know much about nascar i think we did something with you actually when you came to the colts i think i got a chance to meet you then which was awesome but as i started to learn here about nascar this um the hans thing that you guys wear over your shoulders that connects to the helmet that wasn't always something that existed there was like nine guys that died in 10 years and dale earnhardt was one of them or whatever and now this hans thing's in place the safety of those cars you guys are getting in rockets and driving around the safety right now is at an all-time high i assume but you still have to go in there and what just piss and shit your pants out of fear every single time you walk in <laughs> yeah no it's um it's definitely still still very dangerous but the safety has come a long ways and and that's kind of where my my background in racing comes from actually my grandfather owned Dale Earnhardt's uh, race team. So um, when that happened, that was a big impact to our family, obviously. Um, and the sport really took a jump as far as getting a lot safer. Now, luckily, mostly things you hear about is is concussions and stuff like that, like any other sport is dealing with. Um, but the advancements in technology, NASCAR puts a lot of time and resource into that too for, for our safety, which we all really appreciate. But the Hans device was a big one just to keep your neck from not going – past a, a critical length when you hit the wall and some of the slow motion testing that we see that mimics kind of some of our impacts and some of the in-car camera footage is quite scary when you when you see it in in uh, our sport but you know we get paid to to do a, a dangerous sport we get paid well to do it and uh so that's part of the risk and that's kind of what makes us the special few that are you know 43 that get to do what we do Ty, what kind of driver are you uh, in the snow? And I only ask this because I drove here from Ohio today to Indianapolis <laughs> and 10 minutes, probably 10 minutes from my house in Ohio, I came to a four-way stop. There's like six cars already there, two in front of me. I started sliding, couldn't recover, realized I'm going to blast these people right in the back. So I, <laughs> my grandpa taught me, he was a little drift car driver, 
pump the brakes a little bit and steer out of it and don't panic. So I just maneuvered around all of these cars. Luckily, they were all paying attention and they didn't hit me. They could have easily driven through and hit me, but I made it. I felt good about it and it made me think of you like, hey, do you have any extra tricks or what do you do in the snow? Yeah, I mean, it's nice to be talking to a real life lifesaver here yeah. today. Uh, big, big moment for you. So that's yeah. that's awesome. Uh, no, I, I think if you ask my wife, she'd say I'm a terrible driver in the snow and in the ice. We're in Montana. She's she's from um, Seattle, so she's got probably better experience than me. And we were in Montana going on a ski trip, and I almost uh, drove us both off into a ditch one day. Similar situation. I was stopping, and uh, with racing and driving on ice, anything if you start to lock up the brakes and you're on the brake pedal you get that ABS. We don't have ABS, but you get that locked up and you can't really do anything. The more you can kind of release the brake, it actually um, helps slow you down better. So that was uh, what your, I guess your grandfather said was exactly right. It's good to know. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. Hey, by the way, you're making a mockery out of me potentially breaking my neck. Okay. It's a slap in the face <laughs> to everybody that's ever stepped foot into a steel cage wrestling ring. Okay, AJ? Just want to let you know that. You <laughs> Look out for Hulk Hogan. I wrestled last night. You just did, the disrespect machine you just did right there. Um, young Rock would have slapped you in the mouth. Right <laughs> Andre the Giant smacked you in the mouth right now. I uh, wouldn't have Ty. said the F word. I would not have said the F word to Andre the Giant. Yeah, and by the way, you did watch. Okay, shout out you. Great show. Young Rock. Can't wait to see it. Tuesdays on NBC. 91% fresh. It's on Peacock. No How it's you on doing? Peacock. Really, not really. The show stinks. It was universally loved. So Universally hated. show stinks. Um... Speaking of driving in snow, they're putting dirt down on Bristol, aren't they? It's going to be a dirt track race down on Bristol. What's that change? Are you guys racing your NASCARs on there? Is it sprint car that's going to be in there? What type of dirt track racing should we be looking for? And does that mean everybody's going to crash like everything? Is that is that what that means It's going to happen in Bristol? Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, it's going to be a unique deal. We um, NASCARs ran on dirt with, with cars before. It was actually trucks. I, I ran in that. That was... Dirt racing is actually my background going around local tracks all the way around the northeast and southeast, and that's where I grew up racing. So I'm pumped that we're putting dirt on a racetrack, and we're going to actually drive our, our cup cars on that track. So it's going to be exciting. Nobody really knows what to expect. We used to, back in the day, be able to go test at these tracks before we race on them, but we get zero practice at all. We pretty much now, with, with COVID, we show up and race um, and hope all the parts and pieces stay on and go out and put on a show. So it's going to be quite the experience, and um, you know I'm looking forward to that race. I think it's going to be a big one down there in Tennessee. Ty, wouldn't racing wouldn't racing be a sport that COVID couldn't affect? I mean, aren't you like quarantined in the middle of fucking nowhere? How come they're not letting you guys do any practices? Yeah, I think just uh, contact with the guys on our team. We we travel with about twelve twelve to fifteen people per team each week. So a lot of the travel and, and being in the garages together. Uh, if we were to practice, I'm I'm working with with all those guys getting in and out of the race car. So contact is tough. But we were one of the first sports to come back, and pretty much our our rules are that we show up three or four hours before the race and uh, sit in the motorhome or sit in a car and wait. And ten minutes before the race, we hop out with our suits on, get in the the race car, do our job, and fly back home to whatever wherever we we're heading. Nice. Legendary. Ty, one of my favorite NASCAR clips of all time is uh, KY socking Joey Logano in the moth. Uh, have you ever gotten any dust ups, or like, would you, is there anyone you'd consider a rival that you race against? Man, there's been a couple over the years. There's, um, you can look them up. I'm, I'm sure there's a there's a hit list on on YouTube of some of my younger days of of getting into it with some people. Um, probably the biggest one was 
uh, last year's champion, Chase Elliott, when he was his first ever truck race, I believe, I was leading the points in that series. And just for those fans who, who are part of the show that are you know big NASCAR fans, the truck series would be a lot like our double-A series in baseball, um, maybe uh, close to college football, but the Xfinity series is more like college football to us. So when I was in the truck series, I was, I was leading the points and at a race, and he came out the last corner and he crashed me, uh, ended up beating me. And we had we had words afterwards, and, and there's been a couple other situations like that. And there's a, allegedly a, a hammer thrown at another driver in one of the races that I was in. There, there's been some uh, there's been some dust ups on my part when, in my younger days. So, can I? Oh, so you're the one that threw the hammer? Okay, so let's, uh, you just kind of <laughs> yeah, shout out to Hammer right now. Yeah, shout okay. out. What? By the way, Hammer is much smarter than you know. It's like football guys, AJ. AJ's fingers look like they're bananas going in different directions because he had to grab jerseys and throw jerseys. And then he would get upset, you know, quick fuse. He'd get upset. He'd throw a punch right at a, at a helmet, you know. And only the Stooges in football do that. They throw punches at helmets. But Open I see hand. in NASCAR, you guys are all about throwing punches right to the helmet, punch, punching windows. Is there ever any strategy talk like, hey, we need body blows if we get into a real fight with another NASCAR driver instead of the headhunt, or let's throw more hammers or wrenches or things like that. Is there ever any <laughs> conversations for strategy in uh, opre race fights and stuff like that? I think the same rules apply. I think you're not real intelligent if you're if you're throwing blows at, at helmets for sure. You got to uppercut if you are, and then uh, you know you got to wait till that helmet comes off and, and then go for it if, if that's going to be the case. So. You know, a few years ago, NASCAR kind of opened it back up and said, have at it, boys. We want to see some excitement. So yeah. our sport is coming alive, and we're having a lot of fun. Uh, before, I'm sorry, AJ. Uh, maybe my last question here. I don't know how much time you have. My AirPods are going to die. It's going to be my exit from this. Is My AirPods are just going to die. I'm not going to be able to do anything. So whenever that happens. Um, you said that they said open it up, have at it, boys, if you got to do what you got to do. Back in the day, while watching – the Intimidator E60 thing and learning about it, you know, he was a heel. He was a heel. He was trying to be a wrestling heel. He was okay with it, you know, had the persona and everything like that. You guys kind of have to get along, though, don't you? Because if if you have a real asshole in there, that kind of ruins everybody's life potentially at any given moment, right? Don't you guys all kind of have to have – because that's a sport where you – the respect level has to be all-time high because there's a chance you can fucking end it right now for somebody in both life and race. How do you balance that? And are there people that are very difficult to get along with in the series in there and everybody knows it? And when, when you see their car come in, you're like, I ain't rubbing with that guy. I, 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 I ain't tailing that guy. Is there some of that in there as well? Yeah, definitely. There, there's um, some u- unique dynamics across the board. We, we all have to travel and see each other so often. Um, it's not like we're individual teams playing in individual stadiums. So that's one of the aspects you kind of have to live with seeing the guy the next week every time. So, um, it, it, it does happen. And, and there are certainly guys that are like, you, you know, who you're racing against. And, um, you know, some guys I might give a chance going in the corner or, or two corners, but there's a couple guys out there that I don't give them more than one chance. And, and, uh, you just know the, the attitude of the people you're racing against. There's unique dynamics, like I said, and, um, but we're all going out there trying to, to make a living and, and win races. And, and at the end, we all have that respect of, Hey, you got to do what you got to do to, 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 to be number one in our sport. So everybody knows the risk that goes with it. If you want to block me, you're, you know, you're, you're going to run a chance of, of uh, getting her crashed and, and uh, you know, it's part of it. 
I love it. Hey, Ty, we really, really appreciate you coming on. Appreciate uh, everything that you do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to tune in and watch some more NASCAR because of you, and especially if you're going to be throwing hammers and yeah. wrenches yeah. at other drivers. Yeah. Or the, yeah. the possibility yeah. is there. I will be watching. But, Ty, thank you very much. Really appreciate your time. Ladies and gentlemen, Ty Dillon. Yeah. It's, good. it's a good guy, Pat. Hey, good NASCAR talking. Yeah. You obviously, hey, you're really deep into NASCAR. That hey, that Intimidator E60 thing was an eye opener, dude. He was out there cutting promos. You know, he had these big sunglasses on. Country ass, country ass. Dude. <laughs> these big old sunglasses on. People were just scared to death whenever he was trying. He was he was a full heel. He's doing what he's not supposed to do around turn one. Like that, that, that whole thing. And then he went out protecting for his kid and his. I mean, it's just like. Uh, I really got into it after watching that. Ty Dillon and I did something. Uh, they did a. They started doing a NASCAR race at the Indianapolis 500, the Brickyard. They started doing the Brickyard. Yeah. And it's right at the beginning of our season, so they asked us to do a little marketing thing with them. It was me, Matt Overton, and Ty Dillon. All I remember from that shoe is they gave me a cowboy hat, and I said "yeehaw" twice. That's all I know. But <laughs> I don't think anybody went to the race, and that's a shame because I'm really starting to love watching NASCAR at this point. Do you ever have anyone tell you that you should? Uh be one of the uh, the pit crew i've had guys tell me hey the pit crew is like big jacked up dudes they just work out together all day and slide across the hood and change tires like does anyone try to push you to that funny you say that aj um <laughs> there are a lot of ex-college football players actually you don't make the league you get recruited in to be the pit crew evan fox and i went down to charlotte north carolina i forget what team do you remember what team that was this might be wrong. It wasn't Hendricks, was it? I'm pretty sure it was. It was Hendricks. It was Hendricks Motorsport. Back whenever we were with Barstool, I went down there. There was a deal made, and uh, the night before, we stopped by Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s bar. Oh yeah. Okay? Oh yeah. And uh, we shut down Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s bar that night as well. Okay. And then 7:30 a.m. came, and it was like, hey, we gotta go shoot and be a member of this pit crew team. And that practice was no joke, AJ. I almost puked on a NASCAR four or five times. This sprinting, we lifted weights. We ran sprints. They have strength and conditioning coaches. They live in a facility there. They have an entire gym. They have a practice station, practice car. That is something that they all really try to take advantage of. And the more and more you watch racing, like if you get a picture that saves you two seconds, you might as well have just moved up four, ra- or four spots. It's a real deal thing. They're paying real money to guys, too. They are. So, Pat, I know your, your uh, AirPods are going to die, and we know you're going to get back to your, your semi-short you know, short vacation that you're taking down there. You will be back Monday, right? Yeah, I'll be back Monday. What the fuck do you think this is? Okay, yeah. come on. All right, whatever. So, I had to get your opinion before you got off the show, before your AirPods die. You know, Pat, after five years of professional baseball, Timmy Tebow, he's done. He's retiring oh, now. Oh, no. What do you think? Do you think yeah. it's time? Should he have hung him up, or should he have stuck around? You know, Tim Tebow is going to make the right decision. When Tim Tebow makes a decision, I trust Tebow's decision. Okay. (laughs) Tebow, though, for a long time, has wanted to chase this dream of being a professional baseball player. We talked to him down to Super Bowl two years ago in Atlanta. He was an incredible human. Came in there, shook everybody's hand. There was no ounce of bullshit from Tim Tebow at all. We have never been more surprised meeting a human being. Now, I wish Ty would learn from that experience and how he – uh, addresses Russell Wilson going forward, but mm. Tim Tebow was nice to everybody. He lived up to every single expectation and standard that you would ever think of the potential son of Jesus Christ, Tim Tebow. Whenever we talk to him, 
he said, like, he's not going to let numbers or failure or anybody else tell him what his dreams and visions are. He was all in on baseball because the way we asked him the question was like, hey, you know, like, you could go be a model anywhere right now. He could go be the face of any any product on earth right now, Tim Tebow could get. He could be on ESPN all day if he wanted to. He can make all this money. And I said, but you're focusing on this baseball thing while you're riding in buses, sleeping in, like, days ins, maybe – motel sixes like what are you doing he's like it's my dream it's my dream it's my dream so i wish he would have made it to the big leagues i wish he would have hit a home run a donger i wish he would have got a chance to live out that absolute childhood dream but now it's time for tim tebow to come back into the entertainment world save more lives with the introduction of jesus christ and uh probably take over every potential job that i was almost up for (laughs) well but technically isn't russell wilson still a professional baseball player no, he's not a professional baseball player. He doesn't do spring training. I tell him, please. Yeah, I mean, you know what? And a lot of people were saying to me, like, oh, he, Ty's going to be so excited that Tebow retired. Yeah. You know what? I'm not. I mean, hats off to the guy. He he did what he had to do, but he someone finally told him, like, hey, Tim, this takes a lot of time and effort and energy. And even if you give it all that, you're still probably going to fucking stink. So, like, you're not going to make it to the big leagues. Go make a bunch of money at ESPN. Go talk about SEC football. You're great at it. Everyone loves it. Yeah. You can't hit a goddamn curveball, dude. It's been five years. <laughs> hey, now, also, to be fair, him and his wife are probably going to have a reality TV show that's going to make True. them money. I mean, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's why what we network? thought this about What network Google's would that be on, though? Jesus What's that? Channel. What network would that be on? Or would it be on, like, would he put it out himself? Put it on himself. He goes, oh, Tim Tebow's the platform. What are you talking about? Tim Tebow's the network. <laughs> ESPN rents the Tebow network every once in a while. That's what happens. It's a, it's a whole thing that goes around. But I think that is why we have all been so surprised that he continued to play baseball. Because I guess once every other week or so, maybe once a month, we'd see him hit a home run. And we're like, okay, Tim, he's doing good. And then we'd never see him in real baseball. You know, he'd be selling out all these tiny little towns. And it's like, Tim, if you're not going to make it up there, man, you could – you can literally do 15 other things and be the best in the world at them. And I think that is what I'm excited about. Like, okay, let's see Tim, like, focusing on other things that we think he's going to be great at. But I'm happy he got to live out his dream and he got a chance to play. He, uh, he was a professional baseball player for numerous years, hit some home runs, did his thing, and just never made it to the top, which neither did Michael Jordan. Michael yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, he, he made it a lot farther than, than most everybody else in professional baseball. But, hey, Pat, I know your time is coming to an end. I'm shocked that your phone actually still has a uh, battery left. I know your AirPods are dying. Anything you want to get off your chest before uh, we let you roll? Uh, you're doing a great job, AJ. Fantastic mm-hmm. job. I thought you were going to stink. <laughs> uh, you did a fantastic job, honestly. I, I appreciate your hospitality to me while I'm phoning in here for a much warmer climate and I think you've done a magnificent job. The end of the first hour, not your best, but everything else was so damn good. We don't need to stop that. Now, uh, the boys, incredible performance today, boys, was what you were able to do and accomplish the the graphics, the the punchlines, the barking to the Sirius XM Channel, to Mad Dogs, radio, the, the added to the conversations. You boys had a great day today. Hey, boys, great day today. You know that? Thank you. Great day. Thank, Thank you. Enjoy those claws. But for me, it's time for me to digest some things. It's time for me to inhale some things. Hell yeah. And it's time for me to have a little three-day weekend. I will be back Monday. AJ, I do believe you'll be enjoying or joining us then. I'm about to go ahead and stare out at the ocean here, think about some things, come back with a whole new game plan, 
And when I know and realize that Carson Wentz is going to be our quarterback next year, I'm going to have to come up with a pretty deep explanation why I completely turned on thinking that that guy fucking stunk at football to why I think he's good. And that's what these next three days are for. And I can't wait for it. I appreciate you all back there. Enjoy the ice and the snow. I'll, uh, I'll bring some sand. This wind, though, I would never wish this wind upon anybody that we have down here. But hope you guys have a great weekend. And uh, viewers, listeners, you're the best humans on planet Earth. AJ, you're the best. Safe you travels are. back to Ohio. Thank you. One second, Pat. Nick has something for you. Pat, real quick, I just want to say thank you so much for somehow being miles away on a beach and still having a better internet connection than AJ Hawk <laughs> in his own home. Why would, I, why would I throw it to you, Nick? I had control of that. Why would I throw it to you if I knew that was what you were going to say? Well, that's the thing about that back room behind the glass. You never know what uh, narrative they're going to just burn to the ground at any given moment because they like to see fire and flames and people in bad situations. With that being said, a lot of people have been saying around here, uh, just at this beach that I'm at currently, that it's amazing that here I am on a tiny little island. Okay, I don't see a tower in sight. There is 40,000 people on this beach, too, because everybody came to where I am at right now. <laughs> Hasn't broken apart one time. AJ's up there smoking, what, 62 and a half to 80 and a half puffs a day yep. in his house, which is built like a goddamn mansion, mega mansion villa. He's got no internet. That's because AJ doesn't care about the show until he's in studio. It has been very nice to see you crush this, AJ. I appreciate it. Hey, you know what? I have been very surprised by your connection there on the beach, but you, you're one of those uh, Illuminati. You got 5G. You had 5G like four years ago, so you're fine. You think I'm Illuminati? I'm the person the Illuminati didn't want to get rich now. <laughs> that is who I am, <laughs> All right. That is Pat McAfee from the Pat McAfee Show. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it, man. Hey, I'll see you, dude. Have a good one. I am about to get real high. Hey, real. Hey, Pat, why don't you? High. Hey, if you want to, maybe check back in like at two forty-eight, and we'll just see how it's going. All right, that sounds good. I'll do that if I remember. My wife just told you all to go fuck yourself. I will see you guys. Have a great show. Okay, cheers, guys. For no- yeah. Thank you for rocking with us. We appreciate the hell out of you guys. Pat will be back on Monday hosting the show. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe, rate, and review. Let's get a little guerrilla marketing going. If you're battling the snow and the elements right now, stay safe. Again, we appreciate the hell out of you guys for listening. We will see you on Monday. No show tomorrow. Cheers. Cheers.